Cheerio! As human beings, don't we enjoy enjoyment? This is Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists, a podcast of whimsy from Liberty Church Collingswood and libertycollingswood.org. We'll hear from friends as we explore everything from potent potables to morsel delectables, awkward laughables to moment teachables. You'll get lots of different categories, but remember that for each one, there can be only five. Plus a mulligan or two. Five, four, three, two, one. Lift off. Welcome to Five Golden Things, the Liberty Lists. Great to be with you all today. I am with another very special guest. This is Yvonne Valenza, a dear friend, a resident of this fine town of Collingswood, somebody at Liberty Church Collingswood, and we are going to be talking Yvonne's five favorite works of art today. Yvonne, how are you doing? I am doing great. It's a beautiful day. It is really a beautiful day. It's very nice out. Well, we'll see if it's a beautiful day on the day that this podcast actually drops. And I just want you to know, Turtle Doves, that if it turns out not to be a great day weather-wise when this podcast comes out, I want you to know that we're feeling the schadenfreude right now on, on your behalf. So there's a reason that I am talking to Yvonne about art, namely because, Yvonne, you are an artist. So let me tell you a little bit about Yvonne. She has her BFA in fine art, specifically printmaking. And after you got your degree, Yvonne, I, I don't know why I'm telling you this, because this is... <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I know my history. <laughs> this, well, you, you know, feel free to, to, to agree or disagree after this. We are... You have been at doing ministry at University of Arts, which is an art school in Philadelphia. You did that for a while. Your art has been in multiple shows, painting prints over the years, and you do some really great graphic design, including, among other things, Thanks. for our church. So right. who else would be more qualified to talk art than the person that is being interviewed right now? Yvonne, you've, you're also uh, Helen Wolf and a turtle love yourself, so you, right. you know the drill. And the drill. let's go ahead. We're going to count down descending order, so starting with five and then going from there. Sound good? Sound good to, sounds good to me. So then I go first, or you want to go first? It's only you this it's time. It's only me this yes. time? Yes. Oh, no. So I, okay. I should have mentioned that beforehand. Sometimes it goes back that. and forth. Other times, it's just, I want to hear from you. I see. Okay. No, that's great. I can definitely talk about. So there's much more pressure this way, ob- pressure. obviously. Okay. No, it's, we've got this. Okay. All right. Uh, well, number five, I'll just jump right in. Um, nobody else is go- going to. There's, there's nobody else. <laughs> um, so I have number five, Robert Rauschenberg. Very good. Who is... For anybody out there, uh, is an artist from the 1950s, mm-hmm. and the there's actually two pieces yeah. that I picked. Okay, so I, there's I did this twice. Yes, um, bed, which is from 1955. Okay, so 
you want to look at that. I did uh, yes. some imagery for Jim. Right. So, listeners, what you're seeing right now, if you're on our YouTube feed, is a picture of Rosh and Bush's bed. Just kidding. There is no YouTube feed. Oh, no. So, Yvonne, I will – do you want to describe this one and then sure. describe the other one? What, what am I seeing here? It's gorgeous. Yeah. So, what uh, Rauschenberg has here is mm-hmm. – uh, materials from a bed so there's a quilt there's a sheet right and it's and there's a pillow and it's set up as if it were a bed but Mm -hmm. it's splattered with various paints it's got uh i think it was charcoal but there's also pencil okay uh scribblings on it yeah and um this is part of a series of works that rauschenberg did uh he called them combines okay uh if you are familiar with assemblage yes uh, or assemblage (laughs) (laughs) Um, that is that's assemblage for American listeners yes (laughs) so that um, uh, it's basically a collection of random materials it's a little bit different than mixed media because Mm -hmm. you're literally assembling something together yeah Um, and this this piece and the next piece are two that um, oh boy yeah this one this one is called Canyon uh huh and it is from 1959. Okay. And this one is very different. It's a combination of um, some more two-dimensional materials. So there's mm-hmm. magazines and newspaper print. Right. There's paint and paper. Okay. But then there's uh, eagle taxidermy. Yes. Stuck on it. And I am looking at an eagle taxidermy right now. <laughs> I do that every day, but it's yeah, good. It's good course. to do it on a podcast. It's, well, there is the taxidermist in town there is Collingswood has its own taxidermist I I've been afraid to go in it's only open at night and it's fantastic (laughs) you should go you heard it here first turtle doves (laughs) everybody in Collingswood should go anyway if they haven't he will if they haven't he'll answer any questions you have about it yep um but these these pieces uh so in the 1950s late 1950s Mm -hmm. it's part of dadism yep and uh, a lot of artists during that time were pushing the boundaries of what was acceptable for art. So right. most people will think of Duchamp yep. uh, in his urinal. Mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily a fan of that one. Sure. But, but this, these ones are interesting because they, uh, what Rauschenberg was doing was pushing the lines between painting and sculpture. Right. Yeah. Um, so this is that's why I really enjoy these pieces in particular. Yeah, they're really interesting. So I read a book earlier this year, uh, kind of like a history of post World War II thought and culture. And oh. one of the one of the kind of main themes of the book was the New York art scene in the 1950s. Yep. Yep. So a lot of Rauschenberg was he from Texas? Am I remembering that? So so I so I think he was from down south somewhere. And there was a lot of like people in different disciplines that were kind of deconstructing art yep. at similar times. So you had like John Cage and yeah. and classical music, or it used to be classical music. It used to be not <laughs> and, anymore. Right, and uh, yeah, so so trying pushing the boundaries of art and taking beauty in a lot of different directions too. So Yvonne, why why do these two works speak to you? Um, well, the one is like trying to push the boundaries between. Yep. Um, sculpture and painting mm-hmm. like they were trying to do something different yeah um and really ruffled the feathers of a lot of people in the fine arts scene the, the establishment white, the yeah toy right people. uh i like that mm-hmm. <laughs> um but also in just a, in appreciating how he saw 
ordinary, totally normal, boring, even um, detritus kind yeah. of materials. Right. Um, and bringing something interesting and amazing out of them. Yeah. Um, and I, I see just, it. Yeah, I just love the layers of texture mm -hmm. uh, and just the layers of, of the different materials. Lovely. And we might come back to this with some of your other art selections here. Turtle Loves, I have no idea what Yvonne's going to say. So part of the surprise is that I get to be introduced to these things <laughs> in real time. Uh, we some you might be familiar with. Yeah. So we, we'll talk in Christian circles or at Liberty Collingswood about the different narrative arcs of the scripture story for us, the creation horizon, the fallen horizon, and the redemptive horizon. Mm -hmm. What's interesting to me about 20th century art, contemporary period up to the present day, is that you're still dealing with creation, fallen redemption, vis-a-vis -vis beauty, yeah. but you're scrambling the Rubik's Cube in some slightly different ways. So what would have been considered ugly in centuries before, and part of the intention is ugly, I think, but not, but it. not all of the attention. some artists, yeah. Right, but then there's this larger context of questioning what beauty is and what we would consider beautiful or not. So taking things, whether it's multimedia, found art, blurring the lines between sculpture and, and paintings, uh, exp not diminishing, but rather expanding our definitions of, of what beauty is. So yeah. every, every once in a while, I'll run into somebody that just says contemporary art is horrible. Um, I used to be one of those people. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, we're not when those people in, now. When I was in college, when I was learning about this, yeah? stuff, I was like, oh, this is so dumb. Um, this is so stupid. As I've, as I've gotten, you know, I was out of college and I was reading more. Yeah. Um, it, it was like, oh, okay, this actually makes sense. Like okay. Rothko, I used to like, I never understood yeah. Rothko yep. until I was older. Mm-hmm. And like well out of school and I was like oh I, I understand what he was trying yeah. to do and creating this feeling right um, but not when I was you know 20 18 you know just wasn't my thing <laughs> sorry Millennials yeah. it gets better so this is great uh, there was a Jasper Johns exhibit at Philadelphia recently I almost, I almost picked Jasper Johns is, is Johns on your list somewhere else he's not that's okay yeah, I should note that these, so these, it was actually very difficult. Of course. It was difficult. Yeah. Um, I, I made the suggestion to you, mm -hmm. and then I was like, oh, this would be great. And then I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, man, I don't just have a top five. Joke's on you. <laughs> yeah, you have to, you have to work on this. Um, so this is more of a top five, not the top five. Although the number one is, is probably still number one. Okay, so what what you're hearing is Yvonne hedging her bets right now, everybody. But we'll 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 circle back around. So we'll come back around. very very good. And John's was a contemporary, and I think good friend of. I think they were friends. Yeah, I think they. they I did think they were frenemies. Together. They yeah they they did installations together. Yeah, um, they did a couple, but because I I think Jasper Johns tried doing some yeah some combines some assemblage, but yep. um, he didn't stick with it. It, I could be misremembering, but I think I recall that Rauschen, Rauschenberg was jealous of uh, I think I remember that. John's. So, sorry, Robert. I'll have to look that up. Okay, number four. This number is great. Four. So, 
Now, number four, you can see right in Philly mm -hmm. at the Rodin Museum. Oh, I was I was there on Saturday. <gasps> oh, I need to Woo! get there. Okay. Because um, they just opened up again because they were closed right. for this whole pandemic. Thanks, pandemic. Yeah. Um, so they just opened up again earlier this month. Yeah. And I'm jealous that you went, and I really want to go again. Yep. So my number four is the Gates of Hell. Yes. I love that one. Do we have it here on the... We do have it there. I'm swiping. Oh, there it is. yes. There it is. So the Gates of Hell is, as you might imagine, it's a giant doorway. Mm -hmm. And it's it's cast out of bronze. I thought this was my house when I'm seeing the picture oh, really? here. Oh, yeah. Okay. The... <laughs> you have, I, you know, I didn't notice all the figures <laughs> that were just, you know... Bron bronze doors. Yeah, bronze doors. Yeah. Um, but it has all of these little figures. Mm -hmm. And the piece is... is derived out of Dante's Inferno. Yep. Um, what was interesting, and I had to I had to look it up again because it's been a while since yeah. I had this lodged into my memory. Right. But um, he started it, Rodin started this in like 18, 1880? Yeah, it was 1880. Okay. And then he kind of continually worked on it for the next 37 years and then he died. So he hmm. never really like finished it. Okay. Um, but I, I love this piece because there are so many figures. It's so intricate. Yep. And he has so many of, uh, echoes of his larger pieces. Right. This one. So, so this would be considered a, a relief. Um, a, so it's like sculptures coming out of the door yeah, sort, that's, that's sort right. of thing. Bass relief. There we Bass go. Relief, yeah. And, and the size of it, having just been there 15 feet, 20 feet tall. It's, it's it, very amazing. Yeah, right. Intimate. If you're a hobbit, you're oh gosh, you'd you're, you're freaking out. Yeah, yeah. You'd be like, this is where the rates are. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, so so it's got all these figures, mm -hmm. um, kind of in contorting and twisting. And, yeah. Um, I love it because of how intricate it is, and just how he has the different figures interacting mm -hmm. with one another. Right. Even though as larger pieces, for, for the ones that are larger pieces, so this, mm -hmm. so if you're not familiar with who Rodin is, like, you're like who is that? Um, if you know about the Thinker statue. Right. Uh, especially if you've been in Philadelphia. Yeah. Not the Rocky statue, but the Thinker statue. Not the boxer, but the, the Thinker. Not the boxer, but the Thinker. Um, that's his most well-known piece. Yeah. And so there's also a miniature Thinker at the top of this piece oh i uh, see it yeah yeah the uh one one funny thing about the rodin museum I was there with out of town friends and so with 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 bronze sculpture you you it's that cast right you right. and and so so there are multiple copies of some of these famous things at the rodin museum in philly there's a not super big version of the thinker kind of seated and he's between the guys and girls toilet and it looks oh, like right. he's like sitting, <laughs> sitting there. <laughs> so it, it was a, a, a little oh, tongue in, a little tongue-in-cheek yeah. yeah but it, but this kind of bass relief is always fascinating to me and it's it's an art form that's been around for a really long time it's this cross so if we saw earlier creation fall horizon being melted in I don't know if this is an analogy or not but two-dimensional and three-dimensional uh, with sure. with something yeah. like this, uh, and 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 you see, 
what better what better sculptor than Rodin to picture some of the the agony of the he was a, he of was, the scene. Yeah, he's very for that time period, so like nineteenth century. Mm-hmm. Very well known for having these very expressive, and yeah. relatable figures. Right. Uh, even when you go inside the Rodin Museum and you see um, more calm pieces, another mm-hmm. piece that I love in there, I think it's just Mother and Child. I think that's just the name of it. Hmm. Um, and the way that the mother is looking at the, it's a baby. Yeah. It's a baby. Mm-hmm. And it's so, like, as a mother, I can relate to that feeling. And I'm yeah. sure as a parent, even. As a father, you can relate to that, just gazing down in this adoration and this calm. Yeah. But then he also has other pieces where it's it's agony. Right. Right. And to be able to capture that is masterful. Like. Yeah. uh, And to be able to translate that, he has a lot of marble pieces, which is like a whole other, I can't even wrap my head around marble sculptures. Yep. (laughs) But to sculpt all of this. And then cast it in bronze. And yeah. this being 13 feet high. Right. What, how much of a feat yeah. that is. Gorgeous. It's amazing. Love it. Number four. What does your number three? Number three is actually uh, it's more of a collection. Makoto Fujimura. Okay. Who I believe you're familiar with. I am. So this is more of like basically anything that Makoto Fujimura does. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have specific titles exactly. Okay, so so for the record, as Yvonne has narrowed down to her top five, she's chosen a, a complete oeuvre. A complete artist. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's worth it. The guy's great. It's totally worth it. So, uh, and, so, and so many of his pieces are very similar. So he has yeah. more uh, abstract. Mm-hmm. And his art and his writings um, about art actually helped me to understand abstract art more hmm. and wow. how it's capturing his pieces in particular. So Makoto Fujimura is, he's currently residing in Princeton, New Jersey. So he's in New Jersey. New Jersey. Um, he was born to run. He, oh gosh. It's a Bruce Springsteen song about. <laughs> no. Keep going. I'm going to skip over that. Yep. That's um, fine. So that, that's a different five golden things. That derailed me. I'm trying to think. <laughs> Uh, so, but he in he Princeton, lived in New York. Yep. He lived in New York when the towers fell. So two thousand one. Right. Mm-hmm. Two thousand one. Yeah. And um, had ever since then, he's written and talked and done so many things in regards to create creativity mm-hmm. and faith. Yeah. And his writings really transformed my perspectives as an artist okay and especially my perspectives on faith mm-hmm. and so he he writes a lot about abstract art not exclusively but that helped me understand it more is that it's capturing things that are unseen hmm. Hmm. and things you can't put pictures to necessarily right. because it's so ephemeral mm-hmm. and faith is so much of that is so much yeah like stuff you don't see you just experience yeah it. yeah and faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see yep exactly and and so that's why it's like it's pretty much the totality of his work yeah because it's never i shouldn't say it's never represent re- representative which means 
uh, if it's representative art, you're taking something from the real world yeah. and putting it onto canvas or whatever. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it will be, but it's still abstracted. Yeah. Um, but that his all of his technique uh, is very similar, and it's all communicating these spiritual realities. Yeah. Um, and uses scripture for inspiration. Mm-hmm. Um, talks about ha- being led by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And praying. Right. Uh, while painting. Mm-hmm. Um, his style of painting. Uh, he's a Japanese American. And uh, his style of painting specifically draws from the hanga, which is a Japanese style of painting that mm-hmm. uh, you basically take crushed, precious minerals. Yeah. Um, so things like azurite and a bunch of others that I can't think of the names of right now. But um, Cheetos. Cheetos. <laughs> actual gold leaf. Right. Um, so he's, he's using these very precious materials mm-hmm. and creating something beautiful hmm. out of them uh, and being very thoughtful and careful. Yeah. Uh, even though if you look at it, it looks like it's just, some of it's just kind of splattered. Around. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's very intentional. Yeah. It, it has its own internal logic and uh, yep. an artistic design and execution. Whether it's painting or sculpture of on or, other kinds of art. I think I have a fairly high tolerance for art, art and artifacts that have a fair amount of ugliness to, to intentional ugliness in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I get fatigued by artists ultimately whose vision is cynical. Um, uh, where where there's just like it, it, that includes music, where where I just get burned out if it's just like ultimately all sarcasm or all irony with nothing constructive um and fujimura is an artist and a contemporary artist that to me exudes kindness and and generosity in 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 what he produces and you know on what i'm seeing here so that it i'm looking at a quite quite an abstract uh painting but it doesn't say generosity and like english letters <laughs> on it uh but there's no letters at all right but but it is a, a capacious vision of um of a world of beauty and kindness um and and the best art takes us there yep yep just had the other one that i had on there was just to show how big because his scale is very large oh yeah so so here's a photo of mr fujimura in front of a paint in front of one of his works and the work is is bigger than than he is. And also in the picture, Yvonne is putting bunny ears on <laughs> Fujimura. That seems uncalled for, but if only. Okay, yeah. we'll, we'll move on. Oh, 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 oh. okay. That's that. We we can do number two now. Number two. Number two, Caravaggio. Yes. I adore Caravaggio. So Caravaggio is yep. an artist from 17th century. Yep. Um, and this piece in particular is the calling of saint matthew yeah and this was fascinating to learn about in school Mm -hmm. so that's when i fell in love was at school okay um you know first of all the reason why one of i one of the reasons why i love caravaggio so Mm -hmm. much is his his style of painting is very realistic yep 
That's not why I love it, but it is in a style called chiaroscuro. Chiaroscuro! Which is so odd. <laughs> <laughs> we got this. Um, it's a style that is very high contrast. Yep. And it's using light in very specific mm-hmm. directional ways. Yeah. Um, and I just, I just really love the high contrast. His color palette is usually more uh, subdued. Mm-hmm. Uh, browns, reds. Yeah. More natural. Right. Right. Um, and for the time, from what I remember when I learned in school, mm-hmm. um, that like wasn't a thing as much. Yeah. Uh, especially if you were doing a biblical scene. Interesting. And especially if you were doing Jesus. Ah. Because right. one of this was actually somewhat scandalous mm-hmm. this painting because Love it. You couldn't immediately tell who Jesus was. Right. And he has dirt on his feet. You yes. can't see it so much in the digital image, but he has he has dirt on his feet and right. so people um, uh, I guess in the Catholic Church, because that time it was Jesus a different was, portrayal. It was a very different portrayal. It was yeah. very like separate. Mm-hmm. It was very there was an emphasis on the holiness, right? And having a gigantic like halo. Yeah. Uh, Jesus would a lot of times be glowing. Yep. Or floating. Yeah. There was a lot of floating. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Um, but I love this because it hum- it brings so much humanity, mm-hmm. right? To Jesus. So, so Jesus in this painting, the calling of Saint Matthew, is on the far right of the painting, mostly obscured in darkness. And the chiaroscuro is the light dark contrast. You see that the 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 focal point of Jesus, I would say, is actually his hand mm-hmm. pointing pointing towards towards Saint Matthew, and you can barely see a tiny little halo yeah, it's, on, it's on so Jesus. It's so, like, paper yeah. thin. Yep. And it's interesting, too, because Jesus is not the focus of this painting at all. Right. Yeah. It's Matthew. Yep. And hence, I mean, the calling of St. Matthew. Yeah. But Who's pointing at himself like, who, me? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's at this table with a bunch of gamblers and, like, yeah. you know. He was the, a tax collector. Yeah. And, and his dress is contemporary for the time of 17th century whereas jesus is dressed and like you're what you oh, i didn't i didn't even notice that you're yeah. right yeah he's got like robes yeah so but he's matthew is is put with these gamblers in the yeah. contemporary context in that contemporary context right like these are not great people yeah um because jesus i mean not jesus matthew mm-hmm. was not really a good dude right um but as far as religious paintings go yeah to not have jesus in a painting but it's not immediately obvious he's there right and he's definitely not the focus yeah was like it was a big deal yeah um and so this is again ruffling feathers Mm -hmm. of the establishment right that i enjoy yeah (laughs) yeah controversial in its own day and yeah, I I think Caravaggio might be my favorite my favorite painter. Um, oh, so great. he's he's he's, he's not bad, you know. He's okay. Do you know how he like paints those paintings? <laughs> They're really good. <laughs> he's okay. He's just you know. The uh, one 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 tidbit about Caravaggio. Emily and I uh, 
I think as you know, Yvonne, we're we're able to skip off to Rome last yes, uh, last I last. Uh, Did you see the so so I saw I, I saw many of the Caravaggios oh, and oh, man, and I'm and so right and the the whole thing about like Europe versus America is yeah. if you want to see paintings in the U.S. you go to Philadelphia Museum of Art you go to yeah. Mo, Matt MoMA but but in in Italy most of the Caravaggios are not museums they're the in churches? old churches and old palaces that had originally commissioned the paintings in the first place. And, it, and it was it was absolutely horrible. Yeah. yeah it so, sounds, and, you know, I'll go for you next time. Okay. You don't have to put yourself in so, so It sounds good. Yeah, oh, but man. love it. But yeah, it was gorgeous. And I think the, the boy in the middle of the painting is a frequent model of Caravaggio's. Yeah, he, he came in a lot. Yep. And so... Yeah. He was, he was one of many, but that's like another topic. <laughs> okay, very good. Number one. Number one. This is another that you can see at the Philadelphia Museum of Art. Love it. <gasps> oh, you got excited. Yes. This is Henry O. Tanner. Right. The Annunciation. Mm-hmm. I love, I love, I love this piece. Yes. And. Tell us about Tanner first. He's from Philly. Yeah. And uh, I actually don't know as much about him. Mm-hmm. I should. Um, I know he's from Philly. He's an African American artist. Yeah. Um, and he went. He went to. Um, he went to the Pennsylvania School of Art and Design in Philly. Mm-hmm. Um, and this I actually didn't write down. Yeah, eighteen ninety eight. So yes. African American, eighteen ninety eight, Pafa, like. Not totally heard of. Yep, like, yep, it's yep, yep, yep. Common, um, and so to have his piece in the PNA is like a big deal. Right. It yeah. Was forever will be a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, what? Tell me what you know about Henry. I I just from going to the Philly Museum over the years have 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 loved his paintings, and so so for for his time period. I mean, there there aren't a lot of Black American painters in the Philly Museum. Uh, yeah, not ones that are recognized. Right, and and um, the the range of work from some absolutely gorgeous paintings of Black Americans in very impoverished circumstances to this more ethereal piece of Annunciation. So a, a great range and a real deep humanity and everything and everything that he does in the Annunciation here we have Mary and then what is that thing on the other side of the (laughs) painting there's basically a beam of light right not Star Trek (laughs) but it's a beam of light (laughs) yep of golden light that is representing the angel Gabriel Mm -hmm. uh, and telling Mary who in a lot of uh, older or like religious artwork Mary is Again, very obvious, right? Very yeah. holy looking, yeah. Um, decked out in blue, mm-hmm. but here Mary is young, yep, and humble, and like yeah. this, this um, peasant girl, mm-hmm. and it's in a in a room that's very. Um, I think he did this after he went to Egypt. Okay, I, I'm pretty sure. Right, and so he he drew on some of those Middle Eastern um, 
images and context. So you have like yeah. some cloths and like kind of like a carpet that's on the floor, but a stone floor. Right. Um, so very different from a Caravaggio painting a biblical scene yeah. where, where it's, you know, very renaissance Very renaissance and, and, and Baroque in setting. Yeah. And um, I love this piece so much. Hmm. And I love it. Um, and I go, anytime I go to the museum, I have to visit this piece. Yep. And I just sit there. Yeah. I sit there with Mary. Hmm. Um, because the way that he has painted Mary is so relatable. She's kind of unsure. Mm-hmm. She's a little hesitant looking to me. Anyway. Yeah. No, um, I think for sure. <clears throat> you know, what does this mean? Mm-hmm. What, what could this be? But it's also in thinking of um, the Gospels where mm-hmm. she's, you know, open and willing to. Right. And saying, okay, I'm, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's a, I love, I just, I love this painting so much. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. So instead of saint mary you get sister mary here and and the got to go to the philadelphia museum people to the so so much expression is captured not only on her face but in her posture her posture her hands right so there's there there's trepidation and openness through and through and yeah, I love the and, and and I love the choice too that that the angel is depicted just by light as opposed to a, a lot of like right yeah, <laughs> yep and and you get just chiaroscuro light a little bit a where little bit. Where, where there's a little bit of dark on one side, but it's it's gorgeous and and, and that's the best kind of art where you can just go go and sit. And one of the things that I love about the Philadelphia Museum of Art, they, they do a pretty good job of rotating a lot of paintings in and out, but yeah. but there are some that you can go there and it's like coming back to an old friend and you get, yeah. to, and, and and you get to see it again. That's this one for me. Right. That's this one for me. This was, um, I, I don't actually get out to the museum as much. I will this year. I'm oh, nice. Looking, I'm looking forward to it. Very that. good. But um, I went a couple months ago um, and like, I almost was about to leave, and I was like, wait, mm-hmm. I can't leave. So I'm, like, frantically trying to figure out where the painting was because yeah. they moved it from the last time right. that I was there. Yeah, they've just done, done a pretty extensive – they, they're yeah, always they just, remodeling. they just and, remodeled yeah. everything, so right. I was lost. Yep. Um, and I felt like I had to go through all these corridors to get there. Yeah. It was weird, but finally night, got night there. Night at the museum. Yeah, oh, gosh. And then I, I just – it was so nice to just sit there, like you said, mm-hmm. like with an old friend. Right. So, so the best art, as we look at it, it looks at us, and and oh. that and, and that's a, that's a painting that does that for sure. Yeah. So there you have it, turtle doves. That's all I got. That is Yvonne's five. Thank you so much, Yvonne, for being sure. here. Sure. Thanks for having me. Any any parting shots for our listeners? Um, go to the art museum. <laughs> that's what I got. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Ta-ta, turtle doves. Wow. That was definitely a top five episode of Five Golden Things, The Liberty Lists. And remember, kids, schadenfreude ain't just a river in Egypt. Wade in the water a little deeper anytime at libertycollingswood.org and find us at the usual socials. Make us a top five follow, and you'll always be our number one. Toodle pip. <laughs>